How we doing? Well, it is a uh, good morning, good morning. I'm Steve Sessler, and it is a joy to be with you. And let me join Paul and Naj to wish all the mamas a uh, happy Mother's Day. You know, I have never had a microphone on Mother's Day. Judy, many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. There you go. Amen. Amen. So um, for all the moms, so today I want you to just rest, relax, put your feet up, take a nap, maybe watch a little golf, because tomorrow is going to be really hard, okay? You'll, need, you'll have to work twice as hard. So anyway, hey... Um, the, uh, today is our, our second Sunday in a short five-week series called Lexio Divina, and it means sacred reading, and it's a chance for each of us to hear directly from God and uh, just to spend time with Him alone in the Scripture. We're going to need this booklet, so everybody needs to have this Selah booklet with them. If you did not get a copy when you came in, raise your hand, and we've got extra copies. We've got some folks over here that need... There you go. So we'll pass those out, and uh, it'll take us a minute, but just make sure you have a copy. Um, the, the service is going to be a little bit different today. The first half is just going to be uh, you and God's Word and the Lord. So that's kind of the first half. And then the second half, I will uh, uh, go through uh, a short devotional. In the first part, we're going to spend time going through kind of four steps. Step one, we're going to read. Step two, reflect. Step three, respond. And step four, rest. And uh, we're going to kind of do this on our own. Now, for some of us, this will be spectacular. It'll be great, and you will kind of say, I wish church was like this all the time, at least the first half. And then for others, it will be maybe a little awkward and a little uncomfortable, and for those of us in the uh, second group, here's what I would say. I'd say, one, God can teach us when we get out of our comfort zone. So that's a good thing. Second, it's only 15 minutes, and you're here already. So you might as well jump in, right? If you're, we're at the top of the diving board, so let's just jump in. And then um, throughout uh, the morning, as we go through these four steps, it's kind of an independent study thing between you and the Lord. But the communion tables will be open and the prayer teams will be up or close to being, being ready. And, um, and so then let's do that. And then at the end of these four steps before I share, if someone has a word from the Lord from Psalm 46 that, that God gave them this morning, um, we'll have time for one or two folks just to, to share a brief word. Um, so hope that's hope that's nice and clear. Let me give just, uh, let me pray first and then uh, give a little introduction. Father God, we... Uh, we thank you for your, um, your word. We just invite your presence here. And uh, as we're going to read today in Psalm 46, you want us to be still and to know you. So I just pray that we would still before, be still before you today. 
that we would not uh, have our minds rattled with stuff from yesterday and stuff tomorrow, but we would just rest in you. And uh, we don't have anything to fear when stress and trouble comes because you're never going to let us go. And you are a mighty, good, and gracious God. So we give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So just a, uh, a brief word of introduction before we go through uh, Psalm 46. So David had a, a music and worship division. They were from the tribe of Levi. They were called the Sons of Korah. And they wrote several songs that are uh, part of our psalms now. They wrote seven or 12, depending on the commentator. But they wrote several songs. And um, many believe that they wrote this song, Psalm 46, that we're going to study today, after David had defeated the enemies of Israel in battles and he had come back to Jerusalem. And they were thanking God and praising God for delivering Israel in this great time of distress and trouble. And they, they believe that they were just, uh, they wrote this song to worship God and thank him for his help and provision. And so we're going to uh, do that today. We're going to spend time right now in, uh, in, in kick off this study. And this first step is going to be where we just read slowly Psalm 46. So everybody has, has their booklet. And what I want us to do is just, Let's take our time, and uh, we're not going to rush. We're going to go through, and just if there's a, a word or a phrase that jumps out, um, it gives us a chance to encounter God himself. This is his living and active word, and he wants to speak to us. Now, you'll notice that within the booklet and in and, and some of the versions of the Scripture, you'll see the word selah written three different times. And selah... Uh, if you think about this song, has three stanzas. So at the end of each stanza, uh, the sons of Korah wrote Selah, which means be calm and pause, weigh what you've just read. Literally, what do you think about that? What do you think about what you just read? And so three times, these worship leaders say, stop. God says, stop. What do you think about what you just read? And so let's do that. When you encounter Selah today, let's just pause. So we'll read it through once, and we'll pause every time we see Selah. And then in this first section, let's read it one more time. So we'll read it, read it through a couple times. And uh, Paul's going to play a little background music. So let's start.
Thank you. Let's uh, let's move to uh, the second step here, where we meditate and reflect on God's word here in Psalm 46. So why don't we um, take a time here and uh, read read the chapter again slowly, and uh, maybe reflect on a word or two or a phrase that stands out to you. Why would God? Why would the Holy Spirit bring that to you at this time? Um, really, maybe ask God, meditate uh, with God, what do you need to know or to be or to do because of this? So let's, uh, let's read this uh, one more time. Step three is when we'll respond or we'll pray. 
and uh, we'll read the passage through one last time, and uh, we'll prepare ourselves for what God might uh, be saying to us. Mother Teresa wrote uh, several things and said several things that were about prayer. One of the things I love is she was asked once, uh, what do you say to God when you pray? And she said, well, I just listen. And then the interviewer said, well, what does God say to you when you pray? And she said, he just listens, which is a great way to pray, right? So as we, uh, as we read this in um, this third step, we can just pray maybe that way. Sometimes it's good to just take a verse or a phrase and pray that back to the Lord. That is a great way to know you are praying in God's will, right? So let's just... Uh, Take time to pray, and then if you'd like to get communion today, this would, uh, this would be a good time to maybe do that, and the prayer teams will be ready to pray uh, with you if you would like to do that. We all need prayer for sure. So let's, uh, let's go to step three.
And as we share in the Lord's Supper, uh, let's uh, move to the fourth step of just rest and contemplation. So just during this time, let's just really, each of us pay attention to God. You know, what about Him makes you want to worship Him? What attributes has He given you greater insight into this morning? So just uh, maybe just sit and contemplate, sit and rest with the one who seeks you.
Well, thank you for that uh, time of sacred reading. And uh, as you continue to pray for those that are still praying, do that. And uh, just let me just, before I, I share a word on Psalm 46, um, did anyone hear from the Lord this morning with a word that they would want to share with the rest of the body here? Anyone have a word in Psalm 46? Good. Great. Though the mountains uh, would collapse under our feet, uh, God is faithful, and um, we can depend on him to protect us. Though the earth melt, he will protect us. Amen. There's another, yeah. What uh, the Lord shared with me about this is that the world is in turmoil. Countries in crisis, wars and rumors of wars, and he's with us through it all. So he makes a way where there is no way. Amen. Thank you for that. Anyone else? Well, good. Thank you all for that. That was beautiful. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. We were, uh, several years ago, we were on a, a boat trip down the Amazon River, and four of our children got deathly sick to the point of uh, we thought a couple would die. We were four hours from the closest hospital, and uh, I remember as I carried Sarah up the, uh, the beach in Manaus from the boat to a waiting taxi to take us to the hospital, and... Um, just begging God, just pleading for God's mercy. And verse 2 says, the earth gives way sometimes, and that's surely how it felt to me. And God was merciful and spared our children's lives. Uh, Psalm 18.6 says, in my distress I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And surely we did that, and... Um, Probably we've all done that uh, more than once. This word trouble in verse 1 can get translated a lot of different ways. It can mean stress and affliction, adversity, anguish, tribulation, or an adversary. You know, we all face trouble and stress. Just in the last couple of weeks, we've had friends that have dealt with the death of loved ones, with uh, cancer in children with tragic accidents, but at the end of Psalm 46, these worship leaders, I think, write a great summary point for how we're to face times of trouble. They give us great insight. Verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And so I think this verse, this concept of being still and knowing God is God's advice on how we need to handle distress and anguish and trouble. So let's look at uh, this first point, be still. As you know, each, uh, each January, the church does a, a survey where we kind of self-assess ourselves in a lot of different areas. And one of the areas is how are we doing with prayer? And uh, we uh, assess ourselves with, with high marks, 90 plus percent 
who pray regularly and in the prayer we confess our sins and we ask God for help and we, we thank him for his blessings. But more than half of us say that we really struggle to have times of solitude where we actually hear from God. So many places in Scripture we're told to stop and be quiet and to be still. Israel was was trapped with their backs against the Red Sea, and the world's greatest military force was coming on them. And I'm sure they felt great distress and trouble then. And Moses said in Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You only have to be still. Personally, this has been a big challenge for me in my life. I've made, I've made good progress, but have a long way to go. And I'm going to tell you a story, but um, I don't want you to judge me. It's a sin to judge, and I do not want you all to sin this morning. But I remember when I was 31 or 32 years old, and it seemed like many nights I would look back in the day and be happy about some things I did and be really disappointed in others in terms of getting the things done that I needed to get done. And then at the end of the week, I inevitably missed a lot of expectations. And one time I had this big idea. I had a, I remember a yellow legal pad, and I wrote down, I said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to write down what I need to do in a week and how much time in my perfect world I would spend to each of these activities. And these were all, it wasn't goofy things, you know, but it was all, all good stuff. So time with God and memorize scripture and pray and time with Judy and work and exercise and time with each of my children and read books and just the normal stuff that's on the list. And uh, I added the, my expectation of myself up at the end of the week, and it was 222 hours. Now, some of you will say, Steve, I love your enthusiasm and your focus on productivity and you were thinking big. And Others of you, uh, maybe if you're from Mississippi, will say, bless your heart. You were not in touch with reality, and probably a little bit of both of those were true, right? Um, And I kind of feel like it's even getting harder now to avoid all these distractions. You know, I was very much like Martha. I was busy and active and distracted, but now you've got 24-7 news, you've got social media, The average person picks up their smartphone 52 times a day. So um, it it was pretty hard for me to be still before God while I was trying to squeeze in 220 hours of stuff into 168 hours in the week. I couldn't do it. And my stillness with God is what, uh, what oftentimes got sacrificed. One last point on being still. The original language can be translated enough. And it actually also can be translated stop. So this is not a suggestion from the Lord. When we're stressed, when we have trouble, he's saying, hey, I've got an idea, maybe you can. He's saying enough. Stop. Be still. The second word from the Lord on how we should handle trouble and stress is to know him. Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see 
that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And I went through these 11 verses, and there are, I counted at least 15 times, and some repeat, but 15 times where the Lord tells us something about himself, some attribute from him, something that we should know about him when we face trouble. And uh, as you, you read through the scripture today, several times you, you read each of those. I'm sure many spoke to you. I'll mention just a couple. First of all, in verse 1, it's God alone, right? It's not God plus our time, talent, treasure, cleverness, brain power, whatever. It's God alone is our refuge and strength. Second, he's our refuge. And this word refuge means literally to hide in the Lord. Psalm 32, 7 says, you are my hiding place. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. One commentator said it's like conies hiding in the rock. Conies are these little prairie dogs that are all over Israel. And we were uh, on an Israel tour about 10 years ago, and our tour guide was obsessed with conies. And every time we went by a rock formation, you could see his head, you know, looking out. And every once in a while, he would say, there's a coney. I said, they're so, he, he had this beautiful accent, and he said, they're so cute. They're so cute. And uh, one time, we're driving. If I remember, it seemed like pretty fast. And he screams out to the bus driver, stop the bus. And we, the bus kind of lunges to a stop. And, and he says, look to the right, look to the right. And we looked on this rock pile. And the conies weren't hiding. There must have been 30 or 35 conies all standing up looking at the bus. And that brought uh, our friend uh, Munzer great joy. <laughs> but uh, God says, hey, were you in trouble? Hide in me the way conies hide in the rock. Another attribute is also in verse 1. He's a very present help in trouble. This very present means he's not far away. He's not hiding. It means he wants to be found. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Charles Spurgeon says, When the whole world is a disaster and the elements separate, he is by our side. The last uh, attribute I mentioned this morning is that God is powerful enough to handle any bit of trouble and stress that we have. Psalm 33, 6 reminds us that by one word, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. mouth. And then in verse 6 today, God's power is spoken to. God says that he will utter his voice and the earth will melt. Psalm 46 is known as Luther's psalm, and it's what the, uh, the, the song, A Mighty Fortress is Our God, is based on. And he, it's reported that whenever he would have trouble, he would have, have his friends, he'd say, hey, let's gather around. He said, let's sing the 46th psalm. Remember in that song, that one uh, verse, the prince of darkness grim, we tremble not for him. His rage we can endure, for lo, his doom is sure. One little word shall fell him. And so with one word, God created the earth, 
and with one word, he will melt the earth. He's powerful. As I close, I want to mention a a very interesting uh, study that I I ran across in a book called The Quiet Book by Susan Cain. It's very interesting how God has wired us to grow when we're still. There's a a psychologist named Anders Ericsson. He's from Sweden. He's now teaching at Florida State University. And he tells a story that when he was 15 years old, he, he was back in Sweden and he played chess. And there was one student that was the worst chess player on his team. And over the course, and everybody beat him. And then over the course of the summer, they come back to school. Chess club starts up again. And the student has gone from the absolute worst to dominating every student in every game. And Erickson was fascinated and from that point on kind of devoted his life to the question, how does a person go from being below average to being excellent. And then he, he and his team went to uh, Berlin to this top violin school in Berlin and had the professor say, which of these students will be world class? And which of these will be best in class in Germany? And then which will kind of the all other group? Who will probably just teach violin? And so they study the difference between the top two groups. And what he found is that both groups spent exactly the same amount of time on the violin each week, 53 point something hours per week. But the difference is that the world-class group spent three times more alone time on the violin than the other group. Uh, He has done this same study with chess players, with tennis players, with elite athletes on team sports, and he said it's consistent. He said the world-class people spend more time alone. He said that gives them an opportunity to work on areas where they're weak, to monitor their progress, to revise accordingly. Now, let's think about that from a Christian perspective, uh, how God has created us and wired us. And I will be at the first position in the line here. Think about how we can fill up our day with Christian activities, right? We can listen to sermons all the time. We can listen to Christian podcasts. We can read books, Christian books. We can go to church meetings. We can talk to other people about God. All those things are good. But if we don't spend that still, alone, quiet time with the Lord, then we really don't give him too much of a chance to speak. And then we don't give ourselves too much of a chance to listen. But when we're quiet and we still, we let the Lord work in our heart so that we grow and move from being babes to being mature in Christ. So as we we close this morning, let me, I want to close with the words of Jesus that you'll see in the booklet there. You know, if you think about branches and vines... Um, branches are connected to the vine, and the, the branch does not strive. The branch does not work really, really hard to bear fruit. It's just natural. The branch rests and is still in the vine. Jesus said in John fifteen four, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, 
neither can you unless you abide in me. So let's, uh, let's be still this morning. Let's know God. Let's abide in him. Let's, uh, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word in Psalm 46, and uh, I know I surely need it. And I just pray that you would forgive us for our busyness and our distraction when it takes us away from knowing you more deeply. So, Father, we just pray that in times of trouble, in times of stress, that we will um, be still and know that you are God. And as, as this chapter ends, we know that you will be exalted. You will be exalted in the nations. You will be exalted in the earth. And so we praise your holy name. We exalt you, and um, we thank you for loving us and um, being so patient and kind and gentle with us as you draw us close to you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Paul, is Paul here? I think we have time, brother. You want to do that or no? We're good. We're good. All right, let me, let me do this. Let me have you stand for a uh, benediction. And I'm going to give you a benediction that Moses and Aaron gave the people of Israel and that my sweet mommy, who loves Jesus, 86 years old, gives me with every card and letter and phone call that she lives, that she gives. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen.